I'm Christian Ramirez, and you're listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast. afternoon or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson. I'm joined by everyone's second favorite British redhead after Ed Sheeran, Callum Williams. Cal, have you ever had nine days as productive as the nine that MNUFC just had? Nope. No, like, no. What's, like, what's your most productive week in your life? That's got to be up there because <laughs> I don't feel as though I had any time for anything. Like, my missus was consistently trying to get me to help with wedding stuff. Okay. And I said, look, love, I love you. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I haven't got any time right now. We've got three games this week in is eight or nine days, yeah. and I just can't I can't do anything right now. You know, it, it takes me, uh, you know, two, three days to prep for a game, more than likely three, especially with all the hosting duties and whatnot as well. Uh, and then we have things like this, the podcast, and other things that we do in the in the office, and you know, voiceovers and all that kind of stuff. And it it's been chaotic to say the least, um, but a good chaotic because yeah. I, I would, you know, wouldn't want to do anything else. But um, yeah, this this is this has got to be up there, no doubt. You? I think I uh, I I think I cooked dinner at home like twice in one week <laughs> once, which I I feel pretty accomplished about. Yes, as you should. Yes. What a dad again. I mean, Obviously. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying to think of, you know, like when my the the weeks my kids were born, but I didn't really have to do anything for that. I just well, I'm know. assuming your hand was firmly crushed. Maybe. I mean, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I you know, I uh, I did what I could, but there's a limit to that. You uh, tried compared to what you know. Yeah. Both my wife and then my children, you know, they got born. That's kind of impressive. That's, that that's an impressive week. Maybe yeah. the week I was born was pretty. I, I, I got a lot done that week. You worked hard that week. I did. Exceptionally hard. It's tough. Yeah. Moving is tough on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, um, uh, let's, let's look back briefly, though, at the, at the, at the four wins and also at, that, uh, at the, the loss to Houston because I think that um, one of the most interesting things to come out of this, and, and I think that this, this got to a fever pitch last night, is talking about what this means for Minnesota United. Uh, and you saw, I mean, I can't remember who was saying what on, on, on social media, but some people saying, um, you know, has this turned around the conversation about Minnesota United? Uh, they look like they were out of the playoffs. You know, people were calling for Adrian Heath's ouster. Does this change the evaluation of Heath? To you, what is real and, and, and what is fool's gold here? Like, this feels great, but what is this? I mean, I think, I think our ability to really determine what any individual game means is a little, I think we overstate that. But having said that, tell me what all this means. I mean, it means what we've known for a long time, that this is a very good team. And when given the opportunity, they can beat anybody. And, um, you know... <laughs> It's just taken a little longer than I think everybody would have wanted it to, to for the for the puzzle to come together. Um, let's not get carried away because, you know, uh, teams go through this kind of spell in the season at some stage, like they go through a bad spell as well. Um, I think that the key difference for me, Steve, is that uh, I don't think this kind of stretch would happen last year. Um, 
and, and like the, the obvious difference from a personnel point of view is, is Darwin Quintero. So, sure. sure. Um, you know, there's there's so many things that that I think we can be positive about moving forward. And you know, I I, I don't really pay much attention to social media and whatnot, what people say. Um, but I, I, you know, I was curious last night, so I had a little bit of a bit of a wander around the social media world. And um, for, for me, it was just it was great to see so many people saying, oh, wow, well, actually, we, we might be a good team. So, yeah, we know. We've been saying this for a while. It's a good team. It just takes time um, for people to, to gel and bond and, and get used to playing uh, alongside each other. And, you know, now um, as well, like with Ramirez scoring all these goals and, um, you know, we've got uh, Rodriguez coming in over the next day or two, you know, and I, I know he's not going to be available for Vancouver, but, you know, it's great to see that we actually have some depth as well. So, yeah. Um, you know, I thought when Maximiano came on as well, he did a good job. And, uh, you know, the, yeah, let's, the, let's, that's a good job. But let's talk a little bit about Maxi because there's so many like bright storylines going on with 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 Darwin and, and, mm-hmm. and Christian getting on form. Um, Maxi, you know, initially when he was brought on, it was thought, oh, the, here's the six they need. Here's the, yep. the destroyer, like the guy who's going to stand out in front of the back line and and turn away, you know, like make that that zone. Is it 17 or 14? I can't remember, ever remember. <laughs> the zone that's the one right in front, you know, like, they divide the pitch up into those zones. Anyways, um, that spot right in front of the, at the top of the box, like who's mm-hmm. going to sort of lock that down. Initially, you know, he had some some fitness issues, sort of getting fit, getting up to game shape. He got up to game shape. He came into some games. He had trouble staying on the field because mm-hmm. of, you know, yellow card and issues and things like that. Um, he looked great last night, you know, it, holding that lead out there with Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there was a couple there were a couple uh, interceptions or tackles where I thought it was Colin because I've, I'm used to Colin being that. Colin Warner being that destroyer out there, but it was, it was, it was Maxi. So, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, I'm not saying, okay, he's arrived as that, as that role, but it was really encouraging to see him stay on the pitch, not foul, stand tall, get some of those interceptions, clear the ball out of there. He did really well when he came on. I was impressed. Um, but the one thing I will say, Steve, is he wasn't in that position on his own. He yeah. had a lot of help from yeah. Colin Warner, who I yes. think is uh, over the last, what was it now, six straight starts for him. Uh, I think has been a revelation. He's been really, really good. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's the long-term answer. I still think we need someone else in there. Um, you know, just even purely for for depth purposes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Colin Warner, there's a reason why he's. Um, you know, sometimes you get players in every sport, I guess, that bounce around different franchises and whatnot for various different reasons. But I think Colin, Colin is one of these players who has bounced around for a good reason because he always seems to be. You know that that twelfth man. You know he doesn't necessarily always start in the eleven, but he's always that twelfth man. You know the boys in Toronto love him. Mm-hmm. They they didn't want to get rid. They didn't want to trade him yeah. um, when he ended up going to to Houston. Um, I'm convinced if if they didn't have Michael Bradley, Colin Warner would probably still be at Toronto. Um, in Houston, it, it was a bad situation. Um, the manager at the time there. You know, it, it didn't go well with Owen Coyle and then the transition and interim manager and it, it didn't work in the way Barrett and whatnot. So um, everybody loved him at Montreal, um, despite the um, the inconsistencies of that franchise at that particular time as well. And Real Salt Lake drafted him. So wherever he's gone, he always seems to be um, a commodity. He always seems to be an individual that, that someone wants on their roster. Um, so, I mean, look, I think he's been good. He's uh, look. He was knocking on the door 
for uh, for an opportunity um, to Adrian for for a while. But what I love about him, and it is a measure of the man as well, he's, he's a, a constant professional. He would go, at least to my understanding, he would go to Adrian and say, look, I know you've got your plans right now, you've got your set formation, your certain individuals, but I just want you to know I'm here when you need me. Right. And next thing you know, we do need him. And he's played the last six games and, and, and looked very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, you know, I think that for, uh, you, you sort of referenced this in, in other sports, and, and I think that any team sport, one of the things you can run into is that a guy, how a guy fits with any given, uh, you know, setup for a team is not necessarily a reflection of his entire capability as a player. You know, sometimes a team is not, a guy can be a very good player, but he's just, it, 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 the other parts are not doing what they need yep. to do yet. And Situation then when those, sometimes isn't right for that yeah, player. Yeah, it might have to do with formation. I mean, I think mm-hmm. maybe the 3-5-2 has something to do with it, but I think it also has something to do with, I mean, Darwin's threatening element that far up the pitch messes up teams in a way that can let, you know, Colin, he doesn't have to do so much. And when he's not, you know, like that in that position, we're not talking about, you know, sort of driving things out of the back. It lets him, you know, even if you talk about the three center backs, like Calvo's gotten a lot more, uh, you know, Ron is a guy looking ahead to make plays off, off of the left, sort of the back left mm-hmm. end of the of the defense. In some ways, that can also free up Colin to sort of more just stay at home, you know, yep. and be that guy in there. I, I think of it, and I was just thinking of this as you were saying it, so I don't even know if this is going to make sense when I finish talking about it. You're familiar with Legos, I presume? Yes, yes. So, you know when you're building with Legos, uh, you know, you have like the space Legos, right? They're gray, they're black, they're white, maybe some blue in there. You're making okay. spaceships out of it. When I was a kid... All my Legos just got all mixed up together, right? Um, And there would be, like, red Legos in there and yellow Legos. Mm -hmm. And they don't look right in a spaceship, right? Sure. But they serve the purpose there, you know? But if you took those red, yellow, white ones and put them into, like, a house, they're still the same pieces. Sure. But they work aesthetically overall in the entire thing. And I sort of feel like when you're building a team, there's some elements of that. Like, you might look at all the, the Legos you have and go, this isn't... This isn't the right piece for this project, but it mm-hmm. could look different in, 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 if the project just changes a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's the case with a lot of players. I mean, I think a lot of the, you know, some of the guys farther back uh, on the field are getting overshadowed by, you know, Darwin's exploits and Christian coming around and how good Miguel has been. And and those guys deserve all that attention and praise, like for sure. It's absolutely, absolutely driving the team forward. But there's been a lot of good work by the likes of Brent Coleman and, oh, and Boxy and, you know, Calvo and Collins. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, of credit to spread around. So, and you know, as, as presidents, co-presidents of the Holy Midfielders Appreciation, Appreciation <laughs> Society, we need to give that credit. Let's talk a little bit about that formation. Cause we, we touched on it. I think it's not just that we've talked about this, you know, the three, five, two and the shift there before, but um, the team has also basically sent the same lineup in that formation out for the last five games, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a little like Calvo was out, you know, sure. with the suspension and things like that. But um, is it, is it possible that the, the three, five, two is just a better fit for the players that we have right now? Um, and how much is the consistency of it also helping, helping those players really shine in that formation? I mean, it's, you're right. It's possible. Um, but then you could counter argue that straight away by saying, well, it didn't work in Houston. Sure. So, um, I think right now I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you, Steve, that I, I think it's, it, it's clearly working. Um, there are certain intricacies where I think the four two three one works better, um, 
And I, look, I, I think moving forward, I think long term, once Adrian has all the pieces that he needs, we'll, we'll more than likely go back to the 4 2 3 1. But at the moment, knowing Adrian like I do, he won't change this. Why yeah. would he? Yeah. It's fabulous at the moment. And um, I, I saw, of course, you see one or two people saying a few things on social media again, and they, and they were saying last night, uh, that these are the, the doubters, saying that, oh, well, you know, uh, Rail Salt Lake are on a bad run. Um, you know, New England hadn't won uh, in four games, and LAFC played half a roster and whatever. Well, first of all, LAFC didn't play half the roster. They still had some uh, very, very good players on that yeah, team. Yeah. Um, also, I don't care. I'm to the point now where I'm like, look, this is a season. Yes. Throughout the entirety of the campaign, you're going to get bumps and bruises. Right. We've had to go through that. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't feel sorry for anybody anymore. You know, we've gone yeah. through the hardship where, you know, we've had so many injuries. But at the start of the campaign, where we had the, the list was as was longer than a human arm. Like yeah. it was ridiculous, and still we've managed to 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 scrap our way through, and now we sit. Seventh in the Western Conference, two points behind RSL in sixth, and we're now once again very much in that conversation. I've seen again a few things this morning from from the national writers and everything saying, "Don't count out Minnesota United." Yeah, we've all known for a long time being here because we see on a consistent basis what the long term goals and plans are. I understand it's difficult when you're outside to to see those. Um, those ideas and the situations, uh, and I understand it's very easy to be critical as well. Um, but I think this team, and I said this on the commentary um, either on Sunday or Wednesday, I can't remember. So many games. It, it, yeah. <laughs> they all kind of bleed into each yeah, other. They do, they really do. Um, I feel as though Minnesota now have turned um, what was an elusive and almost exclusive corner as well, like only a certain amount of teams had done it. And now we have. Look, there's there's going to be times moving forward in this season again where, where we we do have another issue to deal with, or we we do suffer a three one three no loss or whatever. You know that that's still going to happen, right? Because this league is as competitive as it's ever been, particularly the Western Conference as well. Yeah. Now I agree, parity is slowly disappearing in this league, but that's at the top of it. I think in the mix that Minnesota United find themselves in at the moment. I mean, it's parity with a capital P. Yeah. Anybody can beat anybody right now. So um, I think, obviously, having someone like Darwin Quintero helps. Mm -hmm. um, having people in the form of their lives, like uh, Ibarra, obviously helps. Uh, you mentioned uh, an individual there, Brent Coleman, um, who I think has, has been absolutely sensational the last couple of games. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I spoke to Adrian about him on, um, on Saturday at training, and he said... You know, they were a bit worried at first because he, he started slow. He didn't have a good preseason, um, had one or two little niggles as well. But now he is back to where they thought he would be. Um, and I remember Adrian saying this last year, and I, I don't disagree at all. There aren't many around this league that I would swap Brent Coleman for. Yeah. You know, I mean, Brent's been absolutely sensational. Um and uh, he's at the heart of, of this back line as well. And look, Boxall has been really, really great as well. Calvo looks so much more comfortable in this situation mm -hmm. with the 3 5 2. Agreed. Um, so it's good. It, it's really, really good right now, Stephen. And, you know, I, I think going into Vancouver, um, it's a club in, I would say disarray, that's the wrong word, but 
But the, there are a lot of question marks around Vancouver at the moment. Yeah. I think that they are the absolute epitome of inconsistency right now. So, yeah. um, and obviously with the news of, of Alfonso Davies going I to mean, Bayern Munich. I mean, jumping ahead. I, that's you know. all farther down the page here. Here we go. Go on then. I apologize. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to get to the point about, you know, you got to play the games in front of you as we begin yep. to talk about Vancouver as well. So we'll get there. Um, I, I The thing about, you know, the making excuses for why this victory happened or why this victory didn't happen. I don't necessarily think these are all the same people who say this stuff, but it, it can be a little bit grating when I feel like when the team loses – and then it's like, well, there's no excuses for that loss, even if you're like, well, there's injuries or there's this. Mm-hmm. And then when the team wins, they're like, well, this is why they won because of right. these excuses. I'm like, you can't really have it both ways. Mm-hmm. Like, like every every game you come up to, there are there are extenuating circumstances. There are things teams have to play through. They either do or they don't. Uh, and I think that I think that Minnesota has shown some growth, especially in this homestand. If you look back over the, you know, the the hat trick. Uh, Darwin's hat trick against Toronto, which was exciting, but also that they let the team back in. Uh, the win over RSL, which was probably an even worse semi collapse. Mm. Um, and then against New England, even though it's uh, we're talking about three one goal games, they look so different, you know. Uh, against New England, really hanging in there and holding on to that lead, and then just blowing out LAFC. I feel like there is a sense of of growth, and some of that comes from that stability of the lineup. Um, one question I wanted to ask you about the lineup specifically is: um, Alexi Gomez picked up a little knock and, and and came out sort of earlier than you would normally expect a player to come out. Yep. Eric Miller went in, uh, which is interesting because I think of Miller as a fullback, um, and Gomez is more of a midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, both playing that they're playing that wing back role. Uh, Gomez it works really hard. He's all over the place. He, he has a high work rate. He never stops running. Um, the only time he really stops running is when he goes for an early tackle, which sometimes leaves other guys exposed. And so I think that's not ideal, but he does provide a lot of forward motion. I didn't think of Miller as so attack-minded, and then he goes and gets basically an assist and a second assist mm. uh, on that header that he put back into Christian. So, uh, you know, what do you what do you think about those two players? That I think a lot of the other guys are sort of cemented in their roles right now in the 3-5-2, but I, I'm sort of curious about your thoughts on that left wing back. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about Alexi. Uh, Gomez works his tail off, um, you know, and the thing which... I really like about Alexi, he does have a, a fabulous delivery when he gets the opportunity. Um, we see in training all the time, he whips some absolutely vicious crosses across that mm-hmm. that all they need is the slightest touch. And, you know, if it's directed towards goal, it's more than likely a, a problem for the opposition. Um, so Alexi provides a, a really good outlet on the, on the left-hand side. I think he gets caught defensively a few times, which is an issue because, you know, Adrian has, has asked so much attacking-wise of these two players, of, of Ibarra and Alexi. Um, and um, Ibarra has a, an engine beyond belief. It's ridiculous. I, I think he has Viking lungs or something. I, I don't know. He, he was out there at the end of the game sprinting all the way up and down the field. And that's yep. after playing, you know... 220 plus minutes I think this week or whatever just, you know like just, just fabulous yeah, yeah literally so. got gladiator lungs like yeah. he just doesn't give up yeah. um Alexi um you know as I said I think he gets caught once or twice defensively um because he's so far up the field and, and I get that it's <laughs> you know it must be um the most tiresome thing that anybody must have to do on a on a football field to, to go up and down as much as they do but um you know, I think um, I think Miller coming in, he, you know, he's ob- obviously much more defensive-minded. And you're right, you know, he, there was one or two occasions when he did get forward and, and provided, you know, something for for the LAFC backline to think about. But if you 
look back, most of that attacking outlet then came from Ibarra. Ibarra was up and down, yeah. no problem at all. Miller, I think, provided a little bit of stability yeah. um, defensively anyway. Um, but you're right that there were you know, two or three occasions when he did get forwards. Um, and, uh, you know, he... Looks okay. He looked yeah. good. So I think, um, you know, maybe that's given Adrian, a, you know, a decision to make moving forward. We, we don't sure. know the extent of of Alexi Gomez's little issue. I think it was a groin issue he had. And I know he he um, they were practicing set pieces at training on uh, on Saturday. And um, I know he uh, he had to stop taking corners because he, he thought his groin was was a little sore. So yeah, um, and he does provide good service on corners. That's ab- absolutely, yeah, he's been very good that way. Absolutely. So, so um, you know that'll be interesting moving forward. Hopefully, it's nothing more than just a little strain, which he should be okay with after a day or two of rest. Um, but yeah, Eric Miller, um, you know, a surprise, and um, maybe you know. We'll give Adrian Heath a thing or two to think about. Yeah, well, and if we're talking about, you know, eventually, and, you know, who knows when this is, but if, if there is some sense that that Adrian wants to move back to that 4-2-3-1, that certainly helps, you know, he's he's a more of a straight-up fullback, which helps yeah. more with the four-man back line. Uh, it, I don't know if this is specifically about these about these about this recent run, but Darwin looks like he's just having a great time hmm. playing soccer, which is, you know, at first I think he looked like he wanted to prove something, and then he looked like he was settling in. He sort of looked like he was getting comfortable. Now he's just like, he just seems like he's enjoying it, <laughs> which is kind of, which is super fun to watch. Oh, it's, it, it's honestly, Steve, I, I don't think I've ever seen an individual player turn the fortunes of a franchise around as quickly as this boy has. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I'm sorry, you're just getting going. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up for a second and stop because I think one of the things that I learned moving from from basketball to soccer is that each individual player there's more players on the field each individual individual player has maybe a lesser impact you know and in, in basketball it can be like we need to go get this guy mm. and then if that guy is your starter you know he's playing 35 to 40 minutes a game he's one of five guys on your team he can influence the direction of of every game in such a huge way and I had sort of gotten into this thing of well soccer is like you know you can have a great striker but if he's not getting the ball it doesn't really help mm-hmm. you know et cetera et cetera and then Darwin comes out here and it's just like it, just putting the franchise on his his tiny shoulders mm-hmm. and doing a fantastic job. So yeah, I, continue your your no, just pulling up. <laughs> I I mean I I just every time he gets the ball, you can feel around the stadium. Everyone's on the edge of their seat because yeah. they know something's going to happen. Yeah, um, having a player like that is so special. It really, really is. And it's all you can hear now, by the way, isn't it? In the Twin Cities, is oh, Darwin, Darwin, Darwin yeah. has become. The superstar of this market, which is fantastic, and and he's getting all of his just rewards as well on the national press. All, all the MLS guys are talking about him, and um, I I think he's he's utterly magnificent. Um, the the goals that he scored, I mean, that they are all of them so very different. Um, and I mean, he even had the audacity to try another little chip, didn't I he, know. as well, against LAFC. I know. I was going to be like, oh, Mr. Chip, what's happened? He's he's on, down, on the downward slope now. I, I just, <laughs> I, and I'll tell you what, um, my, my actually, during the commentary, my voice actually cracked a little bit. <laughs> I, I think, had that have gone in, Steve, yeah. I would have lost every ounce of composure <laughs> I have ever had, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, look, I mean, he's, a, he's an absolute joy to behold. He really is. Um and he's also one of these players that he just makes everybody else around him better as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody around the league knows about him now. They're fearful of him. They know what he can do in this league. Um, 
And I just love the fact that he, he, he's not restricted either. Adrian says, you go and do what you want, Sunshine. That's no problem yeah. at all. You know, obviously, he's got certain areas of the field Adrian prefers him to be in. But, you know, I, I remember the... Um, the game against Toronto, even before he scored a goal, he was he was dropping a little deeper and surveying and looking for a pass and would ping these lovely balls over the top and everything. And and now he's um, against LAFC. What he did superbly, which he has done over the last couple of games, but more so against LAFC than anybody, was playing in between the lines at a ridiculous level. Yeah, like he he, whenever he didn't have the ball, if you go back and watch the tape, you'll see him just drift away from the back four and into that little corridor um, between the, the back line and, and midfield. And he's, he's doing this against, I think, one of um, one of the most uh, surprising packages of this season in Mark anthony Kay at LAFC as well, who, yeah. you know, was, you know, he's been sensational. And Adrian said to us in uh, interview for the radio that he's someone who they feel as though they, they missed that one. Mm-hmm. And him, uh, along with four or five other MLS teams, feel as though they missed out because he came from Louisville City, won, won USL under James O'Connor and um, because James O'Connor played his position that holding midfield role, he said he learned so much in the two years he was there than he did when he came through the Toronto Academy and all of a sudden now he's back in, in MLS or he's in MLS rather and and, and he's had an absolutely fabulous season. So my, my point is here is that um, Quintero was able to get away from him I don't think I ever saw, I could be wrong, but I don't remember throughout the course of the 90 minutes, Kay ever getting the better of Quintero. And Quintero's movement off the ball throughout the entirety of the game was absolutely fascinating to watch. So we're so lucky, you know, yeah. we, we are so lucky to have a player like him here. And uh, all credit has got to go to the coaching staff for bringing him in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were up at training uh, earlier this week when the, the USA Cup is going on up there. You know, and there's the youth teams from all over the Western Hemisphere basically coming yes. to NSC to play. And uh, there was one part where, uh, you know, our, our, our gate was open and it's supposed to be a closed practice, but there's so many kids running around. <laughs> this, this team of, of uh, from Mexico came up with these, you know, these kids who were like 13 or something like that, like 12, 13, I think. And... Uh, you know, to them, you know, he played for Club America. Like, that's, it's like the Lakers. It's like, the, you know, this is like, this is huge, right? And they're just out there going, Darwin, Darwin! And he just sort of gave them, like, the little, like, hand yep. loose. And they're all just like, ah! It's, it's funny to, just because, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we think we, when he was signed, we thought about, you know, how do, we, how do we get him out there in the Twin Cities? You know, like, how do we introduce him to the market? Like, how do we get people to get to know him? He's going to play these matches. What is, you know, and then, but then there's this whole other chunk of the world where he He's already huge. Yes. <laughs> and I think we're seeing why why that's the case. Um, speaking of Kay and holding midfielders, I want to touch, I want to move away uh, from, from the last couple of games and talk about another thing that broke last night, the Kellen Acosta trade, uh, because he's a guy who I was like, I'd like to have that guy on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw him go to the, to the Rapids for Dominique Badgie. Um, it, do you have a, uh, a hot take or even a lukewarm take on, on the on the Acosta move? You know, he's a U.S. men's national team player uh, who's, you know, sort of has has had a rough season. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how much I can say on this, but you weren't the only one who I think would have liked him. Sure. Um, we'll leave that there. I okay. think um, <laughs> in terms of um, in terms of him as a player, um yeah, he would have been fabulous. He would have been perfect. And, you know, yeah, he's look, he's had a bit of an off season, which it's fine. He's been playing professional since he was 17. Yeah. You know, he's 23. And yeah. um, the, the only way that I'm I'm 
slightly cautious with this trade here is because, to my knowledge, I could be wrong here, but to my knowledge, his MLS contract runs out at the end of the season. So that would mean the Rapids have to renegotiate with the league and everything and get mm-hmm. him a new contract. If not, he's free to go to wherever he wants in the world. And, and Kellen Acosta has has made no secret of it that he wants to go to Europe at some stage. So, sure. uh, And look, I, I don't think he'll struggle for suitors either. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this works. Uh, Dominic Badgey is, is a... A brute, like you know, he's a, yeah. he's a real handful, good centre forward. It's and good for FC Dallas. They've had a lot of trouble. I think so. Yeah, I think it's position. a really good move for FC Dallas, and um, and they're leading the Western Conference right now. So. Yep, absolutely. And um, you know, I think what, what what was interesting as well, Steve, was um, uh, a part of the trade um, were were these little things that are becoming much more valuable these days, called international roster spots. Right. Um, so I wonder. Um, is there something to be said there? Um, so it's look. I mean, it's it, it, it's an intriguing trade. It really, really is. Um, uh, you know, as I said, Banji, I think uh, with the way Dallas play, could could really work in their system. Um, I like Aruti. I think he's a good centre forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Banji could, given the service, could be devastating. And you know, I, I watched the Dallas Houston game, and it was obvious they were lacking a centre forward. I think Aruti had a little little injury issue. Um, but, you know, they had uh, Roland Lamar up front and, and, and missed an absolute sitter at one stage and, um, you know, wasn't exactly uh, fabulous from the penalty spot either. So, um, you know, I think this is a really good move. And, uh, look, I mean, Oscar Pereja is a fabulous coach for Dallas. He's been in this league for a long time. Um, one of the more underrated coaches, I, I think, in this league. I wonder if he was at a bigger market, would he would he get more uh, more attention? Sure. Um, so, yeah, good good trades, uh, and I'm intrigued to see how Acosta fits in to this Colorado Rapids system because I think Jack Price has been fairly decent since he's come into the Rapids. Obviously, their, their back line needs protection as well, um, but interested to see how he works uh, in this Rapids system and indeed how long he is actually at Colorado for. Yeah, Acosta, is, it, I think the... the I think it's a good move for FC Dallas. Again, if you're leading the Western Conference, but they lost Mauro Diaz, you know, so they, they need to make up some some kind of attacking weight for their team. And in some ways, probably they're looking at like, well, we're leading the Western Conference right now. We want to stay in this position. So it's to get somebody who's a good finisher like Badgie. Um, I'm a little concerned about Acosta in Colorado, given like sort of Colorado's mixed record of development with, you know, like they, I feel like they play a very defensive style mm. and, you know, that's not necessarily going to give, you know, Acosta some of the options for getting that, that, that working on his ability to go forward and push the ball out there. And, and who knows, again, like you're saying, like he's going to, he's going to fight for minutes, I'm sure. So, um, you know, I, I like, he's young. I mean, 23 is really young Yep. <laughs> still. So, you know, let's, let's talk about some of the guys we did get though recently. Uh, Romario got his first minutes against LAFC, Romario Ibarra, who's basically going to go by Romario. I guess so. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously we can't draw too much from that. He had, he did have one really nice diagonal pass that didn't quite get to the other Ibarra on the mm-hmm. right wing that I, that made me go, Oh, that's a, he's, he's seen up the field that way. Any impressions from you uh, from that brief glimpse we got at Romario so far? Um, look, I mean, he's, he's obviously going to be a, a good player. Um, he just needs time to, to settle in, really, and, and sure. needs to get used to the, the daily routine of, of what Adrian's going to be asking of him. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, I, I think it's, he's going to find it difficult to get a game. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but that, that's a good thing. You know, I, I, I mean, how long have we talked about not having enough depth on this team? So right. um, I... I thought he was good um it was good that he was able to stretch the legs for 
what was it, 10, 12 minutes, whatever it was. And, um, you know, the game was obviously already won then as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into the system for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a problem that Adrian would, would always love to have. But yes. I think, he, you know, on the one hand, you have a team that's humming. Like, they're really seeming to hit on all cylinders right now. And then you're bringing in two guys who should basically, I mean, based on the investment in them, be starters. Mm. Like these guys, I mean, you're talking about a TAM player and a DP. Um, that's like Calvo type you sure. know, sort of player. You figure they're going to be starters, but you also have a team that's doing really well. So I'm, it's going to be a challenge to sort of bridge that somehow, like to move yeah. them in and get them games and get them in there when you have a team that's doing so well. So. Yeah, when you, when you have a team operating as gleefully as Minnesota are at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, as I said, I think you'll find it difficult to get in the team at the moment, and, and that's never a bad thing. Maybe it's good. I mean, I you know, it, it's, it's hard to say what role that plays in, you know, psychology and everything like that. We know that, like, Christian, for example, was was struggling. Uh, he was sort of having to run a bad form. He's, he's certainly sloughed that off to a large extent over the last several games. You know, who knows how much of that is that sense of they brought on, you know, Angelo Rodriguez. And there's there's this competition there. Yep. And I'm not saying it's like I, I you know, as somebody who's you know spoken to Christian, I don't believe he was like slacking off or not no, trying. No, no. But, you know, it's like sometimes you need something to sort of crystallize yeah. your drive and your focus. And maybe that's the thing that did it. And Adrian talks a lot about competing for spots. So I'm sure this is what he wants. Well, Christian did say, didn't he, that um you know, when when he was asked about this signing, he said, "Well, it's certainly going to motivate me." Yeah. And look, here we are, three goals in two games, and you know, I I, I thought he um, he did his job okay um, against LAFC. Uh, just certainly playing with a lot more confidence. I thought some of the runs he made were absolutely wonderful. There, there were quite a few actually that the, the the ball didn't find its way to him, but had it found him, then. Again, I think he could have had a couple more, to be honest. And, yeah. you know, I think um, Christian um, has, has given a good account of himself again. And, um, you know, I, I love it when Christian scores goals because it's 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 all he's done throughout his career. Yeah. And he can tell he's just, he's a player who just loves scoring goals. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yes. I love centre forwards who, who are like that, you know, just, they don't care about anything else, anybody else. They just want to score goals. And, yeah. you know, I, I love Christian for that. So, um, yeah, but look, I mean, Rodriguez is a really good player. I've seen a lot of tape on him now, and he's going to offer us something very, very different. Um, but again, we talk about depth, and we're getting stronger and stronger day by day. Yeah. So, um, And look, hopefully hopefully more bodies to come as well over this transfer window. Yeah. So let's touch on Vancouver, looking ahead to the, the Whitecaps here, just to sort of wrap up. Um, as you said, maybe disarray is, is a little strong for yeah. them, but uh, they are 4-8-4 four, and four since starting off 3-1-1. and one. So they've, you know, it's, 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 been a, it's been a rocky little bit uh, for them. Obviously, you know, the Loons having wrapped up this homestand and, and looking good, the next step is, is going to be getting those points on the road. Yep. Um, in your estimation, how close are they to being able to do that? Like, what is the what is the hump they need to get over to start taking some points on the road? Well, whilst they're on this little run here, Steve, I mean, this is arguably the best opportunity that they'll get because they're also playing a team um, that are now beneath them in the standings. Um, and Vancouver, I think, look on paper, they're they're a good team. They've got some really in, really really good individuals. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would say this is the best chance that they've ever had to claim that second elusive away victory. Um, so I I think the thing is as well is you know they they have to learn to play on the road as well because mm -hmm. it is a completely different complexion um, playing at home as opposed to on the road, particularly in this league as well. 
you know, they're leaving on Thursday um, so that they can have a, a training session uh, Thursday afternoon in Vancouver. And then uh, Friday as well will be a little more relaxed. It'll be more tape, I would assume. Uh, I know Mark Watson, who is uh, obviously the assistant coach from Minnesota, is is from there, so he's going to call in a few favours as well. Um, so I think, um, you know, it's... Uh, Vancouver's always a really intriguing trip. Um, last year it didn't go to plan, but um, Vancouver are a decent team. Um, they'll be without Juarez, who, who got himself sent off against Seattle, um, who's a holding midfielder. Um, and, you know, I, I think right now that they will be slightly rattled because of this... Alfonso Davis, uh, Alfonso Davis situation. Um, you know, I I believe it was done over the weekend, um, and uh, last I saw it was it was a twelve million dollar transfer fee, which will be an MLS record. Yeah. Um, going over to Bayern München as well, which um, you know that's the biggest club in Germany, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, and um, you know I. I you, all you can say is good luck to the kid. Yeah. You know, he's 17 yeah. years old. That's a great move. It's a great know? move for him. You know? um, so there'll be a lot of people in Vancouver that'll be obviously very happy for him, but yeah. disappointed that... It's bittersweet. I'm going to yes. miss him. You know, like, he's been super fun to watch. Uh, he's been great. That last goal that he scored against uh, DC at Aldi Field was stunning. You know, <laughs> so and good. maybe that was it. Maybe that's when Bayern Munich were like, right, right well, that's, that's, that's yeah, it. Yeah, we got to yeah. do this. So, <laughs> you know, so, and, and look, $12 million to them is... is I'm not going to say it's it's pocket change, but I, you know it's it, when you look at the way that um, the European transfer market is nowadays, it's it's not a lot considering. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a 17-year-old phenom. Yeah. And and he's only going to get better, especially operating in their their um, their under 21 side and whatnot. And and like hopefully he um, hopefully he gets some opportunity as well in the first team because if ever there's a league to go to as a young player and have an opportunity, it is the Bundesliga. Yeah. You only have to ask Christian Pulisic yeah. about that. So yeah. You know, it's um, it's a staggering move for him. Um, I think it says all the right things about Major League Soccer as well and developing young talent. So. We'll see, but it's, yeah. uh, it's intriguing. Yeah, well, certainly they've missed Davies the last couple games and have not, you know, like with, with him being out. So if he's, you know, if this is a done deal and he's out again when, you know, when Minnesota United faces Vancouver, again, you got to play the games in front of you, right? Like, yep. you know, this is not, if we get that point away on the road, I don't want anybody to start being like, oh, well, they were missing, Davies was gone. And it's like, forget <laughs> it. You know, it's like you got to, you play the games that are in front of you. Exactly. So, and yeah. then we come back home to play Seattle Sounders, who obviously have had a bit of a wayward season. So, again, another tremendous opportunity in front of a home crowd. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's looked a little better um, yep, they recently, have. I think. But, yeah, the uh, signing of Ruby Diaz has helped. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were obviously, uh, you know, really struggling for goals this year. Lowest goal scorers um, throughout the entirety of the league. That's never happened with the Sounders. Yeah. The goal scoring has never been an issue with them. So, you know, that'll help, of course. But um, as you said, one game at a time. Vancouver next. Let's yeah. see how we get on there. Yeah, hopefully Rui Diaz isn't too comfortable yet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so catch him in that uncomfortable honeymoon phase. So. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I hope so. Uh, well, thanks for joining us for the 20th sound of the Loons podcast. It's the 20th. Wow. It's like a, what we, is that, wood? What's the silver? I don't know. 20th anniversary? Uh, sure. We'll look it up and have to get back <laughs> we'll to you. look it up, know. yeah. Wood is like fifth. I remember that because I, I always thought that was hilarious that the – it's like, here's what I think the first year is like aluminum or tin or something like that. Me. Here's okay. some aluminum foil. Aluminium, you mean? Yeah, yeah. aluminium. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I pronounce it like a real person. Um, Minnesota United's next match is on Saturday, July 28th against the Vancouver Whitecaps in Vancouver. Kickoff is at 9 p.m. It's a late one.
It's gonna be it's okay. Eight eight thirty p.m. pregame. For by you, the way. it'll be fine. It'll be okay. Yeah, but <laughs> You'll just um, just while we have the opportunity, yeah. We're, so on the pregame show, um, we are going to be talking a lot about Alfonso Davies and what that does for the league. We're sure. also going to be talking to. Uh, uh, not quite sure who yet. It's either going to be Carl Robinson or one of the Vancouver Whitecaps staff who have coached up oh, Davies fine. as well. So hopefully we'll get some good insight there. And uh, lots of MLS talk, lots of talk on uh, Rodriguez as well. So nice. 8.30, uh, FSN Plus this uh, this weekend. So uh, looking forward to it. Always look forward to Vancouver as well. My favourite city in North America, mm. apart from the Twin Cities, of course. Nice. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Should be good. I'm interrupting my own uh, sign-off tag here, yeah. but how was you had Ethan uh, Finley? Oh my word, my Ethan. guy, he's so Ethan, great. Ethan, Ethan, you absolutely wonderful little human being. I Just so uh, you know, settled into it like a duck to water. He really, really did. And um, there was one moment when I thought to myself, "You've certainly got a career in this." Yeah. When um, we were uh, looking at some of the scores from around the league at halftime. And the graphic was of the scores, and I was asking Kindred D. St. Auburn about her thoughts and what stood out. And then I said, Ethan, your thoughts? And the graphic switched to the Eastern Conference standings, which I was unaware was going to happen. And um, Ethan straight away just said, well, yeah, you know, when you look at the standings here and blah, 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 and just instantly adapted to the situation. Ah. And I thought to myself, you, you've, got, you've got a career after you're finished playing. you know." And, and he was good, and... You know, um, he is more than welcome again. But, you yeah. know, obviously we want to see him back on the field as soon as possible. But during this rehab situation he's got himself in, more than welcome anytime. Yes, as our, as our only as the only player we've gotten to have on the podcast so far. Not for, not, you know, it's just, it's just our schedules have been difficult. Yes. But, you know, we will have more players on the show. But he was fantastic as, yes. as our first guest so far. So, um, all right, now I'm back to the tag. <laughs> be, sure, be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating. Follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal at CalWilliams.com and me at SteveVenturis. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you. And people can like you exactly as you are.